Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Penny C and I Get muted, Penny. Press star one, please. Moderator, press press star one. Oh, dear. Okay, I'm here. (laughs) There you go. Did you hear anything? I'll start again. Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Penny C., and I'm Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Today is Wednesday, October 14th. 2020, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today we are reading from the big book. We are on page 11 in Bill's story, and we're going to be reading just and commenting on one paragraph, the fourth paragraph that starts with, had this power. Today's readers are the 12 steps, Leah L., or Leah L., the 12 traditions, Sam S., And the readers of the text are Wendy M., Irene B., and Julia will be our backup today. The newcomer greeter will be Vinnie T., and the host for the second hour is Nancy P. The reference numbers for yesterday, which was October 13th, for the Eastern Time 7 a.m. meeting, 15,534. 15534. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting yesterday, 15536, 15,536. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating, and compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. And this is our sole purpose. As OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I'm going to ask Leah L. to please read the steps for us. Good morning, Leah. Hi, my name is Leah L. I'm from New York City, calling in from Delray Beach, Florida. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, 
admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understand him, understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. I'll pass. Thank you, Leah L. And now, CMS, would you please read the 12 traditions? Thanks, Penny, for your service. This is Sam S. from Rhode Island, compulsive reader. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all of these principles, ever, of all of these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, CMS. And now, here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on the topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. 
to share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass and press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book in Bill's story on page 11, the fourth paragraph that begins with, Had This Power. And I will ask now Wendy M. to start us off by reading that paragraph. Good morning, Wendy. Good morning, Penny. Thank you. I'm Wendy M., a recovered compulsive overeater in Raleigh, North Carolina. Had this power originated in him, obviously it had not. There had been no more power in him than there was in me at that minute, and this was none at all. Uh, I have to be, you know, completely honest. The first (laughs) several times I read this, I I can be an overthinker and think, what in the world? The, the, The power was there, you know. Um, and, and he's saying there had been no more power in him than there was in me in that minute. Um, and that, and this was none at all. And, but what I I really see here now is, um, you know, Bill is moving towards realizing that he needs a power greater than himself. And, um, you know, when we realize and, and see, um, defeat in someone else and 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 seeing our own powerlessness and understanding our own powerlessness um that 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 is when things can can truly start to move and change for us but the power can't we can't see it it's not truly there until the collapse and you know my own personal collapse um, and you know, I, I know God was there all along, but I didn't see it because my ego was in the way. Um, and I, you know, I was in a, in a surgeon's office and I, I was going to have weight loss surgery. I was determined that's what was going to happen. Um, and my daughter did not want me to have it because she, she was worried that I would die. Um, there on the table, and um, I remember the thoughts of, I, I'm okay if I die. I don't have any other solutions. Not, there's nothing else that I can do to get this weight off. And um, you know, I, I was okay. It, it was either the surgery had to happen, or or I was going to die. And whichever one happened was going to be completely fine. With me, I had run out of solutions. And when I entered the rooms and, and I saw and I could identify with other people and, and the defeat and um, the collapse in other people and, real, and it helped me realize my own powerlessness um, and, and needing a power greater than myself um, is, is when things, um, I was reborn and um, and uh, so that's that's what I have for this morning. Thank you, Penny. I'm going to pass. Thank you very much, Wendy M. And now, if you, before I take some names of people who would like to share, just a 
few guidelines. If you've shared in the last two days, that means either Monday or Tuesday, on any of the Vision for You meetings, we're asking that you hold back to allow other people to um, to share today. And um, I will be timing people, so three minutes. And please, when you do give your name, tell us what state or country you're from so that you'll be easily identified on the member list if someone would like to be in touch. And with that, I'm ready to take some some names of people who would like to share this morning. Irene B. Irene B. Sally A. Sally A. Colleen M. Who was that? Who's M? First name? Colleen. Colleen M. Colleen? Colleen with a C. Colleen. Okay. Colleen M. M? Yes. Okay. Okay, you need a couple more, please? Okay, Leon. people at Surrey K. Surrey K. Leon B. And Leon B. Okay, I'm going to stop there. Thank you, Leon. All right, so we have Irene B., Sally A., Colleen M., Siri K., and Leon B. Good morning, Irene. Good morning, Penny. Thank you so much for your service. I am Irene B. from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, in reading this little paragraph, this teeny weeny little paragraph, um, I see Bill really, really recognizing his powerlessness. Here's this man who's being a shaker and the maker his whole time. He thinks he has the world, but, you know, I mean, he, he's got command of his world. He's got ambition. He he has an idea of how things should be done. He pushes for it. He gets his wife to come along with him. And, I mean, he's achieved all kinds of success and sabotaged it and failed it. And then all of a sudden he is at the bottom of the pit. And he says, where did this guy get power? He didn't have any more power than I do. And for this man to recognize that he had no power, it's like to finally get down to his knees and say, I have no power. I, and he used to think he had so much. Oh, my gosh. You know, I got this under control and that under control and had no idea that when it came to alcohol, alcohol was his master. So he had absolutely no power over alcohol. And he is powerless, step one. So important. For me, step one is um, is what helps me cope because my recognizing my powerlessness leads me straight to a, a realization that there is a power greater than me and that he can handle whatever it is and that it's not my job to handle it. It's his job. And when it comes to, to my addiction, 
all I have to do is say, God, take it from me. And a lot of times if I stop enough to reach out to the power that gives me the strength to go on, I can experience peace in the middle of the storm. And this power has completely released me of the desire, the obsession to binge and purge, which I experienced for 40 years. And there was nothing I could do. And I just, I, I, I just thank God that this book is teaching us how to access that power because of, our, of my own, I used to think I was the shaker and the maker. I used to think I was all things, and I'm not. And coming to that realization is so humbling, so humbling, but so freeing. Thanks be to God for that. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Can I be heard? Penny, you can't be heard. Yes, Sally, Sally A., it's your turn. Uh, thank you. Good morning, moderator. Good morning, everyone. This is Sally A. from New Jersey. Um, yes, thank you for the reading. Um such a small paragraph, but so powerful, right? Um, see, for me, it was like I needed proof, you know, in this program. Like, I've been through so many diets and tried so many regimens, and I needed proof. I was one of those people that I needed proof that this was going to work, despite all the wonderful things that people claimed, you know. Like, there's a lot of claims on television. There's a lot of claims everywhere but i i needed proof and i needed proof from people i knew not just commercials or celebrities or things like that i needed you know i needed real life proof and this is why i think i used to love going to speaker meetings because i don't know about other states but in speaker meetings in new jersey a lot of people show their before picture <laughs> before and then you can compare from before and after and it used to floor me, you know, uh, I would see a speaker and they would look so healthy and they would be so spiritual and so happy. And then I would see their before pictures and they were, they were like me, you know, or, or even bigger and, um, or worse off or whatever. And, and then it was like truly a miracle, like my God. And especially if I knew the person, you know, like, and, and it even happened to me, like I, when I started to be in recovery, I remember I was that person for someone where they knew how I ate. They used to eat with me, and they saw me go into recovery, and, and the physical recovery was was apparent, and the spiritual recovery was apparent, and, and they too became a believer. So this is just, to me, this little powerful paragraph um, speaks to, you know, us being a testament to each other on the the power in this um this fellowship and then the higher power eventually. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Sally. I appreciate that share. And now Colleen M. Colleen? Yes, this is Colleen M. from Maryland. Can I be heard? Yes. Oh, great. Thank you, everyone, for the share and for the awesome meeting. And I just was moved a little bit to share this morning because the step two has been such a struggle for me in my recovery this time around. Um, even with the food down, 
and having had a relationship with a higher power in the past, I so struggle with connecting to the power, and I have to work at that a lot harder than I want to. I want it to be easy. I want it to be natural. I want to have that feeling that I'm in in sync with my higher power, you know, on a 24-hour day. I want that mind to be quiet. And that just hasn't happened for me. Um, So, you know, we're where Bill talks about Evie, you know, having no power, you know, even in my abstinence, I have to get up every day and connect with the power um, because my mind is still sick and I still want to run the show and I have to surrender, you know, and work these steps on a daily basis to get that infusion of power and, uh, and I have to take my higher power with me throughout the day. I can't leave him on the couch um, or her. Um, so, you know, just, uh, you know, I thought when I got into this, you know, I thought when I got thin that all of my troubles would be gone. I know that sounds ridiculous. I know I've heard many of you say that as well. Um, but um, the uh, the old sick thinking is is really... Um, something that has to be worked on on a daily basis. And, um, you know, as I work to be the the woman that I want to be in recovery. So thanks for letting me share. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you, Colleen M. And now, Suri K., would you share? Hi, it's Suri K. Could you hear me? Yes. Hi, it's Suri K. from New Jersey. Thank you so much for the service. Um, I'm a compulsive overeater, and um, what what I thought of when I read this paragraph was, um, you know, I also got to this point where I just hit rock bottom, and I felt so physically ill. I I would eat like binge, and just I I was sick afterwards for like, you know, it could take a few days to feel good at feel relatively normal. Um, and then like the insanity was, I would just go back there. And I remember getting to the point where I just told myself, like, it doesn't matter how much I want the food and how good I think it's going to, you know, how, how good it's going to taste and how good it's going to make me feel. I'll always get to this horrible, horrible place afterwards. And the feel, the good feeling only lasts for a few minutes, and the horrible feeling, the sick feeling, only you know lasts for it has lasted up to a week. And it, it, you know, at some point, I I just put it in my head like, no matter what, I'm gonna eat. I'll always get to that sickening feeling, and the good feeling won't last for too long. Um, and and just the. I had no time for my family. I had no because I was so sick, and I, I was like embarrassed to say why. Um, and that was like my rock bottom. And and um, you know, I now I'm on my way up, thank God, and I'm working toward towards recovery. Um, and and yeah, I really could relate to Bill, who I also thought I had my life together. I was the doer. Um, I. You know, I like to get things done. I like to be in charge. And here I just saw, like, it's totally not in my control, and I really have to give it over to my higher power. Thank you so much for allowing me to share. I'll pass. 
Thank you, Suri K. And next is Leon B. Good morning, Leon. Good morning. This is Leon B. Gratefully recovered from Simpsonville, South Carolina. Um, thank you, Wendy, for that lead-off share. Um, man, this is a small paragraph, but it is a small, powerful paragraph. And when I think about this power, um, you know, I think many of us on this line, we have, we have been on both sides of this power. Um, before recovery, and then we go through the steps, and then we're we're just like Abby, we're we're brimming over with um with a, a newness of life, um and for the life of me, I could not understand why I was doing what I was doing to myself, and I had I had absolutely no power to stop compulsively overeating, to stop gaining weight, and and I was one that that uh, I thought I had this religious belief and I, and I thought doing certain actions um was going to get me what I needed but I realized that I was even as it says in the AA 12 and 12 I was asking something for for nothing in order to get to where Abby was Bill had to do some things Abby didn't have any special laying on of hands power but there were some simple things that Bill was going to have to do there were some rules that he was going to have to follow and there were some steps that he was going to have to take. And when the big book, when I learned about these steps, and I always knew, I said, something is wrong, something is off. You know, I have this faith, I have this belief, it is not working, I cannot access it. And it is these steps that unlocks, that gives you, that unlocks the block, <laughs> that unblocks you and gives you access to this power. There's no other way you're, you're going to get to where Abby is. There's no other way for Bill to get to where he was, to Abby's level, to, to where Abby was, him seeing this miracle, unless he did what Abby did. And Abby couldn't even maintain what he had unless he gave it away to Bill. And so I'm saying that for me, and hopefully for those of you listening, you have to give these steps a try. If you've never done it, and that's what I told myself this very last time, I've tried everything. Just like the young lady just shared, I was going to get my stomach rearranged. But I knew, not, not that I was afraid of death, I knew that I was going to eat right through it. So I had to say to myself, I have to try these steps. I've tried every diet, everything. I have never given these steps a full try. And I'm telling you, it is the key unlocks the path it unlocks the hurt you're clearing the house so that so that the grace of god this power of god can enter you restore you to sanity can relieve you of this obsession and i'm not preaching this thing is real this paragraph has really struck a nerve this morning and i, and I, I pass it i pass it then. thank you very much leon b and now we're ready for more people who would like to share just remember if you've shared in the last two days, Monday or Tuesday, um, we're asking that you just let uh, other people um, have their voices heard. And who would like to share on that very short but powerful paragraph, which is, let me tell it again, page 11 in Bill's story, the fourth paragraph that starts with, had this power. So I'm ready for more names, please. Ken W A. N W H and who was who was after Ken? Eileen V. Eileen V as in Victor. 
Uh, G as in David. Eileen. Who is after Eileen? Matt J.F. Matt J.F. Matt J.F. Paul T. Paul T. Okay. I have Ken, Eileen, Matt, and Paul. Anyone else? Jennifer C. What's your first name, please? Jennifer C. Jennifer C. Okay. One more. Okay, let's just go with those um, nice five people. We have Ken, Eileen, Matt, Paul, and Jennifer. And again, please tell us what state or country you're from. So we'll start off now with uh, Ken W.H. Thank you, Penny. Uh, good to be with you all this morning. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I'm Ken W.H., a recovered compulsive overeater from uh, Cary, North Carolina. Glad to be here this morning. I'm just aware in this paragraph um, is, is is the first sentence, the first question that, that uh, Bill asks, had um, this power originated in him, meaning in Ebby, and um, that's the key word, the originated. Uh, no, the power, he, <laughs> Ebby didn't originate his power, neither did Bill, neither did I, neither did anybody else as far as I'm concerned. This is um, uh, this program and everything in it is all a response to grace, is what I call it. All a response to the activity of God in all of our lives, um, but it is response. And so it's it's that mixed bag of which came first. <laughs> did I put the food down first and then get the grace, or did the grace come and I put the food? Uh, it's I I go from the perspective that the power greater than myself in my life has been active in my life all of my life. I was just absent to it. Uh, I was uh, deaf to it. I was just in the food fog. I was in the uh, just into myself so much I could not grasp or understand or even begin to 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 get my head around the concept that there was this power greater than myself that loved me more than myself, that loved me more than I love me. Ken? Ken? I think we lost him. Let's just give him a few um, seconds and see if he comes back. Sure. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead, Ken. Did you hear anything? Yeah, oh yeah, just just um we only missed about 5 or 10 seconds. Oh, okay, sorry. Um <clears throat> anyway, I just uh that's basically uh where I'm coming from. It's just I understand that God's been busy at me for a long long time. I just haven't been paying attention. I haven't allowed myself to hear it. I haven't wanted to hear it. I haven't had the power to hear it. I had to even be given that power to be able to to hear it, to listen to, to God had to open me up or it wasn't going to happen. And uh, it took a, a lot of getting all the way down to the bottom, the surrender, surrender, surrender part. Uh, and then, and then uh, 
hearing that voice from others. And uh, you all have done a great job of doing that in the last months for me. So I'm so grateful. Thankful. Thank you all. And we're grateful you're here, Ken W.H. And next we have Eileen D. Good morning, Eileen. Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. Great. Good morning. I'm Eileen D. from Maryland. I am outside walking in the lake that I am standing looking at. There is a fog rising or a steam rising off the lake, and it covers, and it's a beautiful fog. And it reminds me of (laughs) the fog I was in for years thinking I was in charge, Um, just thinking that I had it all together. You know, lose a few pounds, feel better. But then the disease progressed, and it wasn't just a few pounds. And it was, I you know, try as hard as I may with my own um, stinking thinking, I now know, but my own quote-unquote will, I, I was ready, man. I was going to gonna tr- control it, and I did not do it um, time after time, failure after failure. And then I hit bottom. I hit a bottom so hard, you know, I thought the thud was heard around the world, but in reality it was my higher power, God saying, you know, I've got, I've got you. Just look up. And I walked into the rooms, and I felt like I was home. I felt like this concrete wall separating me from humanity was down that people understood me, that people at the program didn't have an agenda. They they weren't trying to control me. Um, I just had to follow the steps, and I followed the steps. And today I recovered one day at a time by God's grace. And uh, as the fog lifts from the lake here, I realize uh, I understand that this beautiful reading this morning is that to control greater than myself, it was the key to success and happiness and a uh, as we trudge the road to happy destiny, and I'm I'm blessed to be one of those. Uh, thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Eileen D. And next we have Matt J. F. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Penny. This is Matt J. F. in Kentucky, and uh, I really appreciate the shares this morning. The thing that comes up for me is. I was speaking last night with someone who is in the process of trying to recover. They've suffered some trauma in their life and they have a distrust of God. And that makes, they feel like that makes it hard for them to take step three because they feel like God's going to let them down. And all I was able to do is share my experience, strength and hope, which is that for nearly half a century, I had this problem, and I am a smart guy. Ask anyone. I'm pretty smart. I'm well-read. I'm well-educated. I understand my problem, I thought. I understand how fat accumulates on the body and how it doesn't. I was completely unable to effectuate a meaningful change in my body, in my life, for nearly a half century. And I did have the gastric bypass. I did have my intestines rerouted. And I lost about 110, 120 pounds and kept it off. But nothing fixed the underlying problem. And so the only response I could make was, look, I can't tell you why what happened to you happened to you. I don't think anyone can. It happened. The question now is, what next? 
if you want to recover, I do not see a way forward unless you create space for that fear and mistrust to coexist with your acceptance that you can't solve this problem. I couldn't solve this problem. I came in a devout agnostic. I'm not one today because I worked the steps and saw what happened when I surrendered my illusion and delusion of control to a higher power. The other thing that comes up is people talk a lot about bottoms. They talk a lot about desperation, about being out of ideas. And the question I would pose is this. Does the bottom initiate the recovery? Or does recovery signify the bottom? So to anyone who's new and wondering, am I willing? Have I surrendered? Am I out of ideas? Am I desperate? Have I hit my bottom? Here's one way to find out. Start. Start working the steps. Find a recovered sponsor. Just start. Because if you start and it works and you don't stop, guess what? You hit your bottom. Your bottom doesn't mean as far as you can go. It means as far as you go before you recover. So if you're wondering, don't wait. Just start. See how it goes. What do you have to lose? Maybe nothing, but maybe everything in a good way. And I pass. Thank you so much, Matt J.F. from Kentucky. And next we have Paul T. Hi, everyone. Paul T. here from Texas. Uh, I wanted to focus on powerlessness. Uh, as my wonderful sponsor always says, we are powerless, not helpless. And when you really think about it, what do you actually have control over in your life? I mean, just think about it. The only thing you have control over is what comes or what words come out of your mouth. Now, would I have the power to formulate words had God not given me a voice box? No. So there is just a very simple, very simple uh, explanation of power and control. I can control how I react to others in as much as what, what words come out of my mouth. But I would have no power to speak unless God gave it to me. Anyway, I felt compelled to share that today. Y'all have a great day. I pass. Thank you, Paul T. from Texas. And Jennifer C., you're next. Jennifer C. Hi, good morning. Sorry about that. This is Jennifer C. recovered in Greenville. Um, okay, so looking at this very powerful paragraph reminds me of uh, page four, 45. Um, 40, page 45 tells me I have one dilemma in this whole process. I have one dilemma, and it's that lack of power, right? My dilemma is a lack of power. I really thought step one was something I had to do. I really thought step one was I had to get to a place where I was done, 
You know, I kept waiting to get to this place where I was done. I had to put the food down. I had to put the food down. I had to get abstinent, right? I had to reach bottom. I kept hearing all this about reaching bottom. Okay, I have to reach bottom. And step one was ultimately about accepting that I can't, that I can't. I thought it was about getting to a place where I was done, where I would say, that's it. And, you know, while step one is very much about surrender, for me, it was a lot more about knowing that I wasn't done, that I would pick up again, that no matter how bad it was, I was guaranteed to forget how bad it was, Um, that I was guaranteed to have those mental blank spots, right? Um, Step one was about knowing that I couldn't be done um, if God didn't rescue me, right? If God didn't rescue me from this self-imposed quicksand, I was sunk. So one and two go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. My step one had to be coupled with two. And we see that Bill's surrender was very much about his own demoralization, but it was also so much about the solution at the very, very same time. Um, So I take this paradigm, and I know this is about my whole life, right? I know this is about my whole life, that I'm powerless over even my own process. So, like, I can't see what I can't see. Um, I don't know what I don't know, right? So I can't even make this shift from from thinking that I'm in control to being powerless, that I can't surrender myself, that this is a power greater than myself that opens my eyes to these things. Um, so while I thought step one was something I had to conjure up, I realized in recovery that step one was a gift that I was given. Um, I am so utterly powerless and dependent on this power in my life today. And, um, you know, my default mode is self-centeredness. That's what page 62 tells me. Um, My default is self-centeredness, and that's actually the root of all my problems today. So this power today is the only way for me to be relieved of the very reasons that I eat. If self-centeredness is the root, then the steps keep me working on the root because we know it's not about the food. My addiction is the ultimate manifestation of self-centeredness. So as long as I allow God to deal with me at my very root through these steps, it's not going to be about the food today. So uh, that's all I got. Thank you so much for letting me share. And I thank God for for giving us a beautiful step one, step two, and step three experience with these steps. Thanks so much. With that, I pass. Thank you, Jennifer C., and now we have time for at least four more people. Who would like to take those spots? Katie T. Katie T. Yes. Someone else? Patricia C. Patricia C. Maybe Lorraine someone does. Who's that? Lorraine N. Lorraine. And I didn't get your last initial. N as in Nancy. Okay. And maybe someone we never shared before. Okay, go ahead. Oh, I've shared before. No, go ahead. That's okay. Okay. Laureen D. Laureen D. Okay. So let's start with Katie T. Good morning, Katie. 
Good morning. Katie T. from Greenville, South Carolina, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Um, you know, this, this whole issue of power and what it is, how we get it, that's, that's what this whole program is about. Well, I knew at 30 years of being in and out of OA in 2001, I knew that my help had to come from outside myself. I knew I couldn't do this. I had, you know, 50 years of proof that I couldn't do it. So I looked outside of myself, and I did get the um, bariatric surgery. The first speaker today told part of her story in the exact words I've used before. I came to the point where I knew nothing was working for me, and I was I was desperate. And when they told me I could die, there was a 2% chance I could die on the operating table, I said, go ahead, because I didn't want the life I had anymore. And if I died, it was like almost no loss. That was the way it felt to me. It was like I wasn't far enough to commit suicide, but I was far enough to gamble on 2%. So I had the bariatric surgery, and yeah, the weight came off, and I was very committed to the process. And and um, a few years later, it started coming up again. But the bottom line is that I, I understood that I didn't have any power over food. That was clear to me. And I knew it had to come from outside of myself. You know, my attempts at engaging God hadn't seemed to work, and they were my attempts. I just kept trying to, to figure it out. Well, you know what? You can't outthink this disease. You cannot outthink this disease. Um, I was speaking with a sponsor this morning, and um, the assignment had been to listen to the Compliance versus Surrender uh, Special Edition, take notes, write down the, uh, the definitions of uh, Compliance and Surrender, and she asked me, she said, well, what's this, um, the difference between admitting powerlessness and accepting power? And so I sort of ad-libbed and I said, well, admitting it is like, well, yeah, the proof is there. It's pretty obvious. I can't control this stuff because I've been trying for a long time. So I admit it. Yeah, that's obvious. The proof is there. That true acceptance is, is deeper. It's saying not only do I admit that I am powerless over food, but that on a deep level, I am ready to do, I accept this on a deep and meaningful level that my life is, has gone to crap. My life is a living hell. It's a living death. If I want to have a life, I need to reach out. I need to find a uh, it's, I've accepted that my life with this powerlessness <clears throat> is unacceptable to me anymore. It's, I'm willing to go to any length. I'm there. You can call it hitting bottom. You can call it whatever you want. But that acceptance comes when not just I say, yeah, I'm powerless, but yeah, I'm powerless, and I'm ready to take some action about it. That's the surrender. And I'll tell you, this is uh, the most beautiful period of my life, these last three years of That's being uh, in recovery. Thank you for listening. I uh, love you all. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you, Katie T. And next we have Patricia C. Good morning, Patricia. Patricia C. We don't hear you. 
<laughs> Sorry, I I was muted. Um, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, this is Patricia T. in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I don't have a lot to say about this because everyone's shared so much. There's just already been so much, but um, I, I found this paragraph to be so um, impactful, um, especially when I was first going through, not first going through the steps, but going through the steps this last time that I did, um, where I got recovered for the first time. And... Um, I think uh, for me, being able to admit not just that there um, is a, a, a power outside of myself is huge, but also that that power can affect my food. Um, and I think for years, I didn't apply that. You know, I would use it when I had financial trouble um, and I would use it for other things in my life. And so I, you know, when I first got into OA, I was like, yeah, I have a relationship with definitely the power greater than myself. We can kind of skip over that step. Um, but I never really applied it. I never really applied it to, to my food. And I think part of that was, um, I know some people have shared that they, um, they didn't really um, maybe believe that God could do anything about it or their power, their higher power could do anything about it. But for me, it was, I was worried that if I did give it over to my higher power, that um, anytime I made a slip, um, then I would be feeling condemned and guilty all the time. And it never occurred to me that I could actually even get to the point where I wouldn't have slips all the time. <laughs> um, the fact that I could, that I've been abstinent for um, about four months now, somewhere around there, is absolutely mind-blowing to me. Like, I can't believe it, you know, and it's just been a day at a time, for sure. Um, but just that I actually have a connection to a power that's keeping me out of the food, and not just that, but I don't want it. Like, I'm not, you know, I have moments where I get tempted, and then I recoil as if from a hot flame, um, which is also a miracle. Um, because I never had that experience before. I could never remember the pain of, of overeating before. But, um, but also that I don't sit around thinking about it all the time and, and being miserable because I can't have it. Um, and that's something more than, than a, a miracle. Um, and that is incredible because, um, you know, I saw in other people that there's this power, that same thing, like there's no way it could have originated from them. They're no different than me. And yet they had this power to go for years for years, which is crazy, uh, but it's true and it works. Um, so thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Patricia C. And next we have Lorraine N. Good morning, Lorraine. Hi, good morning, Penny. Thank you for your service. Um, yeah, this little paragraph has given me pause for thought this morning. Um, had this power originated in him? Um, I don't, uh, yeah, the power may not have originated in him, and this is how I feel. Um, I, I had to, it wasn't that I reached out for a higher power. I had to reach in for that power, and, and I had to dig deep to get to that festering wound that was, you know, oozing all over my life and everyone else's. And, um, so it was when I, out of desperation, just reached in and, you know, screamed out to God, you know, I, I 
can't win <laughs> over this disease. Uh, you know, I admitted complete defeat. And I continue to reach in from that higher power to um, to help me live my life every day. And, um, you know, the, the relationship I have with God or my higher power today is so beautiful. And it gets and grows more beautiful with my daily practice. Um, and this was a long time coming, believe me. I have about eight or nine months of abstinence now after, you know, 45 years of um, binging and pur not purging. I, I wasn't able to do that, but binging um, and just being, just being um, in the clutches of this hideous disease that, you know, diminished my life on every level. So... Um, I feel like I do have that power within me. And um, I, I, I mean, that's the only thing that brought me out of the hell of this disease and keeps me out of it. And um, those are just some musings I have early this morning here up in Oregon on that paragraph. So thanks for letting me share, and I'll pass. Thank you, Lorraine. And, and Laureen D., if you could keep your share to two minutes, that would be wonderful. Laureen? Laureen D? Okay, can you hear me now? Yes, and if you could keep to two minutes, uh, if that's possible, that would be wonderful. Yeah, thank you. This is Florine D. from Washington State. Um, boy, I remember when I first listened on the line, um, I hadn't hit my bottom yet, but I was on my way down. And although I had um, been going to church regularly and I thought I was spiritual, I didn't really know how to access the power. Um, and when I did hit my bottom... Oh my gosh, it was, I just was in a pit of despair. But I could hear the power in the recovered people on this line in these meetings. And I, I just wanted it so badly. I was so desperate. And I wanted the power that I could hear in the people's voices in these meetings. And, and in the different meetings, people would share how how they got their way out of their pit of despair. And I wanted it. And and I finally got the courage to make my, make a phone call. And I got a, a sponsor, and she started to guide me through the book. And and I found my way out. I'm not recovered yet, but I've made a, a huge amount of progress. And it's just incredible. Um, so I would encourage people to make that phone call because this is the way out, and it's just amazing. And and there's so much help and encouragement in this this group, and I'm so grateful for this meeting. And I thank you so much, and thank you for your service today, Penny. And everybody have a good day. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Laureen D., and especially for um, taking so short a time. Thank you so much. And so now... That's um, Laureen is our last, will be our last sharer for today. So I want to thank everyone who participated today, especially the team 
that um, helped put this meeting on and the people behind the scenes for sure. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today, which is October 14th, 2020, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, 15,544-15544. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And so Irene B. is going to do that for us. Good morning, Irene. Good morning, Penny. Thank you so much for your beautiful service. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.